Hey, this is Dirk Reguren from Megadeth, and you're listening to GhostCultMag.com. What's up, everybody? It's Keefe with another Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. I'm pinch hitting for our usual host, OJ, and I'm here today to introduce an exclusive interview between our own Wesley Negron and Charlie Griffiths, the guitarist of Haken. Haken is currently on tour in the USA, and you don't want to miss it when they come to your town. Check it out. Hey, everyone. What's up? Wesley Negron here reporting for Ghost Cult Magazine. And with me is Charlie Griffiths, guitar player of the progressive metal Titans. Haken, uh, how are you doing, Charlie? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Yeah. Thank you guys for, for making the time. I know that, that doing these kind of things on, on, on the road, it's a little bit hectic sometimes, but I really appreciate you taking the time for it. Yeah, it's all good, man. I'm just sitting in a in a coffee shop here in Toronto, and yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. Times, yeah, yeah, Toronto. <laughs> I I've never been to Toronto, but I hear it's a lovely place to be in, particularly in this time of the year. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful weather, and everyone's everyone's chilled, and it's uh, good. Yeah, nice place to be. Nice, nice. That's awesome. And you guys just started a month long tour around the uh, around North America uh, with the support of Arc Echo and. Uh, How's it going so far? You guys are like in the, your fourth day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I think today is our third show. Third show. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's going to be, it's all going good. Um, we've got a bunch of new songs we haven't played for a long time and some songs we've never played. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're still kind of uh, blowing up the cobwebs, getting the fingers moving in the right direction. <laughs> that kind of thing. You know, it always takes a few shows to get it all locked in but uh yeah it's all part of the journey you know so <laughs> of course sure you know i'm sure you know yeah yeah for sure for <laughs> sure um yeah it's not until like the, that fourth fifth show that you're like okay like we're getting the rhythm of things you know um but yeah, really, it's, it's kind of i always kind of try and it always blows my mind really to think about the brain right <laughs> so he's like right? you the first couple of shows you're having to really focus and concentrate on what you're doing and then like fast forward to like two weeks later and you can literally play the songs without looking at your fretboard and it's just happening so naturally you don't have to think and um, so yeah if we could just figure out that process and make it happen immediately yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> that'd be that'd be pretty cool yeah i was always surprised with like how at first, you think, "Oh man, this is almost impossible to play this stuff." But then, a couple mm-hmm. of weeks later, it's the easiest thing ever. It's kind of so strange to me. You know, I, you never understand how that works. <laughs> and, and I'm actually curious, like, how do you guys go about the prepara- preparation process for for like overseas tours? Like, do you guys rehearse a few weeks, uh, a few days? How how do you go about that? Oh man, we yeah, we hardly rehearse at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, it's like mostly just individual practice you know like just sitting at home with a metronome going over the parts hundreds of times individually um because we're all kind of spread out um all over the place so yeah it's always a bit of a logistical nightmare trying to figure out uh that we can all be in the same place at the same time on you know certain days and whatnot we travel and this and that so, I mean, it's usually pretty, pretty much like two days rehearsal we do. But 
um, this tour was a bit of an exception in that we had a half a half a day rehearsal. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Where we we all, we all just kind of pretty much convened the day of the show in Nashville, and we we had access to the venue that morning, so we were able to kind of get in early and just play through the songs for four or five hours. Nice. And nice. then it was pretty much showtime. So uh yeah, it was <laughs> pretty pretty last minute and and well, it's sort of frantic, but it all came together. Um yeah, it's uh always tight like that, but that's nice. that's the kind of that's the reality of the situation. You know, you don't you don't always have the luxury of being able to get everything, all your ducks in a row, you know, how you know, people might think. Um, yeah, so it's, it's quite a sort of hectic lifestyle and you have to kind of just make it work. Yeah. For sure. I mean, like the rehearsing before the show just keeps your fingers warm, I guess. That's, that's probably yeah. the, yeah, the yeah. main benefit out of that. Um, what can we, yeah. what can fans yeah. expect from this tour? Like as far as like the new, like new stuff happening with the show, is, is there anything exciting that you want people to know that, you know, kind of like encourages them a little bit more to kind of like go to the shows? Yeah. I mean, we, well, you probably know we've just brought a new album out called Fauna. Mm -hmm. and. Um, So we're playing a couple of songs off that, which um, obviously this will be the first time we've ever played them. Um, a song called Elephants Never Forget, a song called Sempiternal Beings, um, which are like playing those ones live. Like it's really, it was kind of really fun to kind of bring them to life as a band. Because um, like most of our stuff works like that, that we've never actually played it. Uh, in its final form as a band before and mm -hmm. um, because so much of the creative and writing process is done um digitally right so it's right. we're kind of tweaking things changing things editing adding whatever right up to the mixing um process so it's like the final form of the song is is kind of only exists on a hard drive usually And so it's only when we actually play live that we play it together as a band. Um, so it's, that's kind of fun for us to have that experience of like feeling these songs come alive. You know, hopefully that is the same for the audience that, that gets to kind of uh, sit, witness this stuff being played for the first time. And it's, um, yeah, it's pretty exciting, I hope. Uh, so we've got awesome. a couple of... Yeah, so we're doing some Fauna stuff. Um, we've got, I think the Mountain album uh, is kind of right around 10 years old. So we're leaning on a few songs from that album. Nice. Um, we've got this uh, couple of epics, um, one from our debut album, Aquarius. Nice. And then there's another kind of, now that's like a kind of 20-minute song. And then we've got another 20-minute thing from the virus album called messiah complex um so it's it's kind of like a almost two hours of uh heavy intricate epics you know? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah it's yes. yeah playing through the songs is is it's been these first few shows it's been like pretty pretty cool you know it's like a, it flows really nicely and 
um, yeah, the response has been great. So hopefully people can come out and see it. That sounds exciting for sure. Like you guys are definitely going through the whole, like your whole, their whole, um, you know, catalog of music and, and definitely like fans out there, particularly for in the proc metal scene, like are really into digging yeah. into those classics. So it's, it's really cool to hear that you guys are definitely playing songs from the mountain and from your first record. Yeah. And we always try and keep it fresh. Right. So we're not, mm-hmm. we're, we're not repeating any song. You know, we, we were touring with symphony X, uh, I guess last year, is it now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, that was our, most recent US tour. So mm-hmm. if anyone came to that one and then is seeing us on this tour, we didn't want to repeat any songs. Um, so we, yeah, we basically prepared a whole fresh set list. Um, you know, we don't want to, because we only have a certain amount of time and we don't want to uh, be boring, right? <laughs> of course. So if, gonna, if you've seen us on the last tour, uh, you're going to see a whole fresh set list on this tour yeah awesome awesome and, and i want to talk about a little bit about like the overall touring life of a musician uh during yeah yeah this current climate right uh we there's a lot of struggles happening a lot of stuff happening within that particular lifestyle you know all prices are going up uh this whole thing happening with venues take trying to take cuts from merch and like you know bands are trying to like look for ways to save money and like obviously stay on the road and be you know, yeah. be able to sustain themselves. How how you guys are being able to kind of like accommodate through through to this climate in the industry and and, and piggybacking on that, like how are you guys yeah. doing as far as, as gear goes? I, I'm very interested in how you, how are you working on that? And yeah, I mean, yeah, there's there's obviously there's certain things you can't avoid, like you like you need a bus, right? <laughs> um, yeah. You need um, fuel, uh, and you need um basically yeah you need to sell merch right so we're like <laughs> yeah we're, we're not yeah i've seen some bands doing the thing of like refusing to sell merch at the show and whatnot um which i think is quite an extreme angle probably to take i mean not doing that um yeah i, I think like the main thing is from the fans perspective like they they want to come and buy merch and, uh, mm-hmm. and and we you know we don't want to sort of put a barrier between the fans and having an uh, an easy way of getting hold of merch or whatever so uh yeah i mean for now i think that's kind of the merch cut thing is kind of unavoidable unavoidable yeah um so what we do i mean like one way we're kind of we do things is we're quite kind of self-contained as far as our gear. Um, you know, we, we just, everything is carryable, right? So, okay, yeah. uh, you know, like we have like you know, Strandberg head, headless guitars, which okay. we can, we can just kind of keep it, you know, keep it with you in the bunk if you want. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've got, we use our neural DSP called Cortex, uh, pedals um, and Connor on bass, like he's just got like a pedal board uh, assortment of pedals, and we just kind of, you know, we set our own gear up and uh, basically like just do the sound check, line check, uh, pack everything down ourselves. Um, so we, 
we're just really as self-contained as possible where we just kind of look after our own stuff and we have a uh, front of house guy a lighting guy uh a merch lady and a tour manager i mean it's like it's that's as as skeleton crew as you can make it i think mm-hmm. um for doing what we do uh and it's uh yeah you know, hopefully it'll work out uh, you know, we've, you never know how it's going to go until you get home and run all the figures and uh, yeah, try and see what you can <laughs> see what you can eat. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you, you guys, you guys are definitely on the rise. You know, every record you guys put out there, it's it's getting you guys to a bigger and bigger tier and bigger level. And I think people are definitely, you know, willing exactly. to support, definitely supporting that. You know, so um yeah hopefully you guys continue having a, a successful run of, of shows and and obviously this whole thing kind of calms down a little bit uh in my personal perspective I've, i think this is ba- basically exactly the reaction or like the things that were going to happen after the pandemic you know yeah. everyone trying to play at the same time and tour and all this stuff but uh but we need to do it right we need music we need live music and that was one of the bigger things that we got yeah. from the well, pandemic exactly. and, you know people yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, I mean, everyone that comes to a show helps, right? It's just like every, every ticket, every ticket sold, uh, also makes the promoters much more willing to put on shows. You know, like they're in a position as well where they don't know if they're going to break even or lose money or what. So it's, um, you know, it helps. It helps everyone. You know, uh, if people are able to come out and support live music. In, in any way and um, it definitely helps the whole you know industry you know that's really that's really where it's at, at the moment you know and um, that's where musicians make money it's from playing live so mm-hmm. we, do, we don't want that to go away there'll be nothing left <laughs> yeah for sure yeah for sure <laughs> yeah. so uh let's let's start talking about music then uh you guys released your album Fauna in March, uh, receiving a bunch of great reactions from critics and, and pretty much all yeah. fans and overall. Yeah. How how was this process? Like, how was the process? You already talked a little bit about how like you guys exchange ideas and like work everything remotely. But is there was there anything different from this particular process of writing or, or recording this album compared to the other stuff you guys already released? Um, I think like usually when we've written an album, we have kind of some idea of like a. Uh, you know, we usually do kind of concept albums that are with the songs are kind of interlinked musically and lyrically. Um, so that really the only thing we changed really was like that was that we weren't going to do that. We were just going to come up with a bunch of individual songs that weren't necessarily related musically or anything like that. Um, so that that kind of threw us in a different direction and perhaps made the songs a little bit more varied because we, we kind of weren't thinking of the overarching album as such. It was just kind of like, let's just come up with some cool songs. And, um, you know, so each each song would have its own kind of character, its own little world um, as a standalone thing. Um, so I think just that little change in mindset threw us in a different direction. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, even though like we had this kind of fauna 
idea where the each song would be in some way inspired by the animal kingdom um just to kind of tie it together with a nice bow that was that was the only thing but other than that it was like a kind of free-for-all where anything goes you know any any idea any style was you know was put on the table and we could basically do anything we wanted it was, it was a real blank slate kind of approach no boundaries and and no boundaries indeed like one one of the things yeah. I, i've always been curious about you guys is like because obviously you guys are playing prog metal and uh prog metal usually means that there's a lot of complicated time signatures and like a lot of really hard technical stuff happening but like in yeah. your guys's case how do you go about that like hey we need to do this here in this particular time signature because sounds cool this way or you just want to challenge yourselves like what's the train of thought between like behind that that process yeah but well that well i mean the funny thing is like we don't necessarily try to do that it's like a mm -hmm. I, i think we're just kind of into the sound of like syncopated rhythms and uh, like hearing accents in places you wouldn't expect so our the way we kind of come up with grooves and riffs and whatnot it's just we just come up with whatever we like the sound of and then oftentimes i mean personally i don't even know what time signature it's in <laughs> until later on i have to figure it out you know so uh, yeah you know like uh there's a track sempiternal beings which has this this kind of 15 kind of phrase going through it which at the time of recording it, I, i had no idea that that was the case um But it, <laughs> it was only when coming to play it live, and uh, a couple of guys were saying, "Oh, yeah, it's this 15 thing." Like, oh, really? Oh, okay. You know, it's, just, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just like you—you you can sort of hear the phrases and how the rhythms fall against the the kind of backbeat. Um, yeah, and it's you know some you know it's just like theoretically you can figure out what it is and if that helps you learn it. But um, yeah, most of the time we're not counting anything. It's just you just kind of you, you can feel the pulse, and then you're kind of playing accents against that. You know, it's it's kind of more that kind of mindset, more than thinking of numbers and counting and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, how how hard? Because you you also talked about like you guys going through the whole process of like recording first and then translating into the live setting. How hard or like, do you ever come across with, with a particular riff that you're like, why did I actually went with through this route and wrote this super complicated thing that I have to play every single night in any climate uh, given? It's like, how, oh, yeah. how, how does that translate? Yeah. I mean, definitely you have to, uh, yeah, there's a, I mean, the, the one track that's, that comes to mind is Messiah Complex mm -hmm. from our previous album. That that was kind of like that, where it was like a lot of the a lot of the riffs were written by Raymond, the drummer. Mm -hmm. um, so he would like, I guess, use a keyboard to write the riffs, or just kind of uh, use the the pencil tool on the piano roll, just to kind of draw riffs in or whatever. Um, so yeah, he's just he's just writing the notes that he wants to hear, um, with like regardless of how easily falls on a guitar fretboard or a bass fretboard so it's um but, you know if it sounds good it sounds good mm -hmm. 
the the mindset you got to have is everything is playable somehow right so it's <laughs> it's about figuring cool, out right? that somehow <laughs> it's cool because like yeah because like you're you know you're you're playing you end up playing stuff that you you would never think of as a guitar player or a bass player it's like uh yeah you're, you're playing this stuff that's like i guess you know pushing you as a musician to uh you know break out of your typical patterns that you might mm -hmm. keep repeating that you're used to that the way fingers naturally want to move you're breaking out of that into something new um which is great you know that's that's the kind of uh progressive part of progressive metal that mm -hmm. i kind of uh, think about you know that's the it's kind of progressing us as musicians um and yeah with each with each thing like that it's like you've got to come up to the the bar that you set yourself you know it's like um yeah some days it's good some days it's bad right mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah but yeah it's, it's about trying to do it yeah, it's all about it's about yeah. the challenge challenging yourself as a musician as well. I I I also like I resonate with that. Like, there's some stuff. I'm also a musician myself. I'm a bass player, so there's some stuff in my career that I've I've like I learn and I play it swiftly. And it's like ah, oh, interesting. I wasn't aware that I was able to do this. You know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And being able to do it in a nightly basis makes you feel even better um, as a musician, of course. So, and in your guys' yeah. case, you know, being able to play your stuff and like kind of realizing that you can step into that level. That's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is as well, it's like, we don't, we don't kind of pressurize ourselves too much that it has to be perfect every mm -hmm. time. Right. It's more, it's more about, you know, like that kind of technical perfection is, you know, that's, that's kind of like number two and two or three on the list. Right. It's like the first no, number one is the, performance and the, the putting the passion and energy into the performance and like locking in as a band together and trying to put the song forward as as like one unified thing as a band mm -hmm. um so that doesn't mean that everyone in the band has to nail every note 100 percent of the time to do exactly. that you know so sometimes it's cool to, to have it a bit rough around the edges sometimes you know that's, yeah that's fine as well it's this every show is going to be different in that respect and uh yeah that's the, when i go and see a band that's those are the bits i think are the coolest you know when you can see the players are at the edge of their on the edge of their kind of seat you know and just it could go wrong at any point sometimes it does and i think that's cool you know yeah, for sure. I mean, I that I think that's what gives a little a little bit of an edge as well. And yeah. like you know, you see a different show every night. Like, uh, and and also like you know, all those classic bands they would always make mistakes. You know, back then yeah. in the seventies. So you know. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's usually what made them yeah. sound even cooler a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's on. It's you know, it's on the record like that as well. Right? Exactly. It's, it's, it's only in like later years, like with you know, like when things you know like stems started becoming available for, for mm -hmm. old records that like you can hear like bohemian rhapsody multi-tracks nowadays you know which you can never yeah. hear like 10 years ago yeah and you can hear like yeah there's like a bunch of imperfections and kind of like things that are slightly out of tune or slightly out of time 
um, when you hear it isolated, but somehow when it's all put together, it sounds exactly how you want it to sound. It sounds perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, so yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's always interesting when whenever you get to hear that and and like analyze a little bit the the overall mindset about this because there's definitely musicians that want to have everything precise, but like you know again hearing it from you guys like from you coming from a band that's that you know theoretically it sounds like everything is as perfect as it can be. Yeah. But yeah. if you guys are like giving yourself a little bit of that breathing room, that's also that's actually very exciting. So yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that that insight. I want to ask you now that you guys, uh, when you finish this tour, that obviously when we're talking right now, May fifth, Cinco de Mayo, uh, you guys are, have just basically just started this uh, North American tour. But what's next? You guys have more tours coming, festival appearances. You also um, playing in Latin America. What's next in in Haken's plans? Yeah, so we when we get back from this tour, I think kind of early June, this one wraps up in Chicago. And then we go back to the UK. And I think on the 8th of June, we're playing a download festival, um, which is pretty, it's very exciting for us. You know, that's been a bucket list festival since we started, you know, or, or you know, since, or since we were kids playing instruments right there was the, that, it was originally monsters of rock uh, now it's download nice and uh, yeah so we get to play uh kind of earlier in the evening and then, then we'll stick around and watch metallica right on the main stage which, nice. uh, yeah, that's mainly what i'm excited about <laughs> Yeah, I, I know. I know how that feels. I got to share the stage with Metallica in 2016, and, and oh, uh, it was man, amazing. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I've been a massive fan of them since I was a kid, obviously. But uh, yeah, I haven't seen them since the 90s, so it's oh, it's, it's going to be incredible to see them again for me. Oh yeah, for sure. So we do that, and then yeah, we've got like a whole bunch of festivals throughout the summer, um, which. I couldn't possibly remember. And <laughs> but, yeah, it's all on the, our website, hakenmusic.com, if anyone's interested. Um, so yeah, so we do that. And then, yeah, you're, as you said, we're, we're going over to Latin America to do, uh, I think like it's something like seven or eight shows, like that maybe. Um, three shows in Mexico. Um we're playing Brazil. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you can help me out. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I, can't uh, I don't remember all the, all the places off the top of my head. But, but, but yeah, you said, I mean, you said people can a, get information over your website, right? Yeah, hakermusic.com. Um, it's all on there. And, uh, you know, it is, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the crowds down there are known the world over as the craziest and most energetic and loudest. Yeah. So it's uh yeah, it's exciting to be to play in front of that, right? It's like there's <laughs> like two shows happening, like they're watching us and then we're watching them. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's brilliant. Can't wait. Can't wait yeah, that's gonna be awesome because you know, you guys would definitely have those three shows in Mexico, but you're also going to be playing in Chile, which is arguably right. probably one of the most rowdy metal like audiences in the world right now um yeah oh yeah 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 obviously you're gonna get people passionate super passionate people in argentina obviously brazil 
you also have Colombia and Costa Rica. Yeah, you definitely ain't gonna you're gonna have fun for for sure. Thank you, thank you for remembering those for me. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no disrespect to men, my my uh, memory is just not good at that. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> you, you're also on tour. Life is completely different when you're on tour. So yeah, yeah, you don't know where you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, have to you have to kind of remind yourself what's going on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. And uh, and if people want to get uh, more, like if they want to get any merch related to Fauna, uh, tickets for the tour, they can also do that via the website? Yes, please do. Yeah, we've got VIP events happening as well. Um, just right before doors open, um, where, yeah, it's, it's, you can get your stuff signed by all six of us, um, which is, you know, realistically the only time that you're guaranteed to see all six of us in the same place. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so all the info is on the website as well for that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, people out there, make sure to check and catch Haken on tour, uh, either on this North American tour or any of the upcoming festival appearances, or if you're in Latin America listening to this, make sure to check him out and grab a copy of Fauna, which is already available on all streaming platforms. So you can definitely get like, Charlie mentioned you can get all the merch directly on the website. Charlie, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I really hope you guys have a safe tour. You have a successful tour. You guys warm up to it uh, as soon as possible. And yeah, uh, yeah hopefully I, I've never got I've gotten to see you guys live, but hopefully we'll be able to change that very soon. Yeah, I'm sorry, Wesley. Thank you, man. Thanks for your time too. This has been another episode of the Ghost Quote Magazine podcast. Check us out at ghostquotemag.com and follow our socials at ghostquotemag. Until the next time, peace.